Hello, and welcome back to Boxwood Banter, the show that supports and empowers women. I'm Taya Miller, the Women's Center Graduate Assistant. We are located at Boxwood House across from Old Main, open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 p.m. In today's episode, we will discuss the pressures women face and what they have to deal with and feel to do it all, to be superwoman. Our guest today is Samantha Smith. Hey guys, uh, like Taya said, my name is Samantha and I'm an undergraduate assistant for the Women's Center. I'm a senior psych major at Kutztown. I'm also the president and regional advisor for It's On Us, so I um, work with all of the schools in the Mid-Atlantic. I'm the event coordinator for FMLA. I'm a volunteer firefighter back home and I'm a dance teacher back home as well. Thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited to talk about this topic today. Um, we're really, ca we're calling this title, um, You Don't Have to Be Superwoman. And the title in itself has a lot to do with what we're going to talk about today. But my question is, how was Superwoman created? Where did that start? I'm not big on comics, so don't come for me if this is wrong. Me too. But what I found, y'all, is that Superwoman was created after Superman. So it was originally Superman, and I don't know if people were like, hey, you need more female superheroes or something, but she was created as the feminine equivalent of Superman. Mm -hmm. I also saw that... Um, there's really, if you're really deep into comics, there's two super women mm -hmm. and their powers came from him when he died. Mm -hmm. So they literally are a creation of him. Mm -hmm. And that's what, how they existed is what I saw too. So anyone that has seen the Barbie movie knows that Barbie talked a lot about the pressures that women face. That's why it's trending now. It's so iconic. And... I forget her name. What's her name? America Ferrara. America Ferrara. Her Barbie monologue about how we are putting so much on ourselves to be perfect and what it does to us um, is super powerful. So we're just going to play that for you guys. I'm not good enough for anything. It is literally impossible to be a woman. You are so beautiful and so smart and it kills me that you don't think you're good enough. Like, we have to always be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. Like you have to be thin, but not too thin. And you can never say you want to be thin. You have to say you want to be healthy, but also you have to be thin. You have to have money, but you can't ask for money because that's crass. You have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. You have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You're supposed to love being a mother, but don't talk about your kids all the damn time. You have to be a career woman, but also always be looking out for other people. You have to answer for men's bad behavior, which is insane, but if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. You're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be a part of the sisterhood, but always stand out and always be grateful. But never forget that the system is rigged, so find a way to acknowledge that, but also always be grateful. You have to never get old, never be rude, never show off, never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never get out of line. It's too hard, it's too contradictory, and nobody gives you a medal or says thank you. And it turns out, in fact, that not only are you doing everything wrong, but also 
everything is your fault. I'm just so tired of watching myself and every single other woman tie herself into knots so that people will like us. So that message was very powerful. I think she hit all points, mm -hmm. if not most. And there's so many, even in here, you can see the dichotomy, if that's the right word, of what you have to do and what you have to do and how they always contradict each other. Mm -hmm. But even in looking at women's behavior compared to men's, if you are a leader as a woman, you are bossy. Mm -hmm. But if you tell people what to do as a man, you're a leader. Yeah. And there's so many different contradictions that it's almost impossible to keep up. Mm -hmm. It is impossible to keep up. She really speaks on how women, we care about other people before we care about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we often face societal expectations and pressures to put others' needs before ours. This leaves little room for women to put care and energy into themselves. We have been groomed for some reason to meet these unrealistic expectations that society has imposed on us since we were children, really. But we can never not be young and beautiful. And I think that hits so hard for me because I hear so many people and so many older women saying, I don't want gray hair. I don't want wrinkles. Mm -hmm. I'm doing all of these treatments. And you guys see the billboards and the ads. And I can't wait to get wrinkles. <laughs> like, to me, you made it. And you are distinguished and you have experience and you survived, which yeah. is insane. And you have more respect. And yeah. you literally have like sunbursts coming out of your eyes. That's such a beautiful thing. And we demonize it. Whereas mm -hmm. men become like, what is it? The fox, gray fox, something <laughs> like that. And women become witches. I'm like, yeah. how does that make yeah. any sense whatsoever? Mm-hmm. It definitely is a double standard with a bunch of things. And we'll get more into what that actually looks like and the numbers behind it a little later. Um, what The pressures that women put on ourselves, it leads us to do this thing called the juggling act. And it's when we learn to juggle multiple roles at once. So we're mothers, teachers. We want to be successful, but we also have to be nurturing. Like you were saying, you can't be bossy and a leader and be nurturing at the same time as a woman as a, as a woman um, according to the u.s bureau of labor statistics survey in 2023 82 percent of women spent time doing housework like cooking and other household management things on an average day versus the 65 percent of men that did that and women also spend longer time per day doing those chores these chores are known as the invisible chores and this is time spent on housework, like childcare, running errands, and this is all unpaid work. And I saw this TikTok, Instagram Reel something where it talked about the invisible labor men often put on women by saying, well, write me a list. Tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. And instead of, I was just talking about this with my brother because he'll do this with my mom sometimes. He'll say, oh, because he still lives at home. He's going into college next year. Oh, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. But that gives more pressure on her to figure out what needs to be done instead of looking around and saying, hey, there are dirty dishes in the sink. Let's mm -hmm. go put the dirty dishes away. No hate to my yeah. brother, by the way. I love him. Yeah. That mental load. I mean, um, sometimes I see it all the time. And it's just those simple things where you can help someone else not have to turn their brain on mm -hmm. for you, you know. And for some reason, we always turn to women to do that for us. Hey, where'd you put that? 
rather than looking, you know, we now have to turn our brains on and like help you and stop what we're doing and then also go back to it. Um, and we don't often second guess those things, but it takes a toll out of us. It's taking more energy out of women. It's like the whole stereotype where, and it's not even a stereotype because a lot of it is true about Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and the guys will sit on the couch and watch football or play football in the backyard and the women are in the kitchen cooking and cleaning. Yes, 100%. And then I even found that we can kind of make these workloads even if women work part-time and men work full-time. Then the workloads are kind of even. But women working full-time jobs still have these additional unpaid household responsibilities that still get handed to them every day. And they can't be part-time because then they're not a career woman. Yes, and we are seeing most women now work full-time than part-time. Because it's more common and economy. We need money. Yeah, we can't afford to live, people. Yes. Women have to work. And then even the female breadwinners, on average, do more housework than child care things than their husband studies have found. We do want to shout out the stay-at-home dads because they are an exception to this. Samantha, as a child, what did you imagine your future role as a woman would be? I grew up being told I could do anything I wanted to, which is kind of obvious now because I do a lot of really crazy things. Mm -hmm. But when I grew up, I wanted to be a teacher, and that was it. It wasn't... (laughs) Well, my mom was a teacher, and I was like, I want to be like my mom. And I guess, I mean, I fulfilled that a little bit. Yeah. Not the same, but I didn't always look, ever actually look forward to saying, hey, I'm going to be a wife, I'm going to be a mother. Mm. And I had someone tell me that recently, like, you'd be a great wife and mother one day. And I'm like, that is so presumptuous of you. Like, I can't just have these good qualities. I have to have the qualities to be a mother. It wasn't made to be discriminative or derogatory, but Mm -hmm. it felt very... I'm 21. I'm not looking for that right now. I don't want a relationship right now. Mm -hmm. I'm perfectly happy focusing on my studies and my hobbies and my friends. But it's very man telling you what to do. Mm -hmm. You're expected to. Whereas I can be a great friend and I can be a great mentor, but I don't have to be a great wife and mother right right now. And what does that even entail? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The pressures of having children before 30. Like, don't get me started. That's actually so interesting because I hear that a lot recently. Mm -hmm. But one of the first times I remember someone being pregnant when I was older, she was 32. And I was in high school. And I'm like, okay, that's the standard for me. So I guess my standard is very different from a lot of people as well. Mine in comparison would be... I almost focused more on the childbearing part over the marriage part. Mm. Like some some girls, they say they dream of their marriage, whatever. Not that I dreamed of being a mother, but I remember how baby showers were ran in my family. Like that was a huge, huge thing. And it was mostly about the woman. And like you have all this attention and stuff. And I was like, I could look forward to being that. Mm. And then the first occupation that I wanted to be was a teacher. And now that I think back, I'm like, why did I want to be a teacher? Is it because I saw like women in that role? And that's what I thought I was, you know, like capable of, you know. And then um, I faced mixed views in my family just from that. And I changed it ultimately. But mostly it was a, being a mother and probably like at the age of 20 before 26. <laughs> now I'm like, 
absolutely not. I'm pushing it as far as I can away from me. Even now, young women assume that they'll bear the burden of domestic chores in their marriage. They picture their future as a woman and include taking care of children, cleaning, and being a nurturing person to others around them. In a study of more than 100 undergraduate females, women said that they were expected to do 60% of the, house, of the household work when they got married. Even in relationships today, like women are ready to do all the work when they first get into a relationship. And that's oftentimes why we stay. And this isn't meant to be bashing on men. There are plenty of men who will clean and yes. take the mental load. But this is very much how society has taught us since we were young girls, giving us play kitchens and mm -hmm. dolls and giving boys army jets and cars. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with having that. Yes, there are stereotypically masculine toys or feminine toys. But when you only let women, young girls have things that are meant to serve other people and when you only let young boys have things that are meant to have fun themselves there's no learning about the other side yeah and this yeah like you said samantha this is not just even for women if you're a man listening to this or just someone in a, a relationship helping your partner we're just providing you how women are wired and um what society expects from us which is why we do so much so if you recognize someone doing too much that can be a cue that you now know to help take some of the load off of them. And it's really hard to blame society because it's this huge abstract thing that we can't yeah. pinpoint and say, if we change this, then this is going to change. Mm -hmm. But what we can do is we can realize that we are all responsible for the continuing perpetuation of these stereotypes and mm -hmm. how are we able to make some sort of difference and say, hey, it's not on women all the time. And yes, there are great men out there, but how do we get more great men? Yeah, a hundred percent. We are going to talk a little bit about society expectations and our image, um, how that affects women's image. Pew Research Center found a list of traits that people say society values most in men and in women. Honesty was the top trait for men, whereas physical attractiveness was the top for women. Society will value a woman that is attractive over what she has to say. Whereas a man who is honest and a leader, they are more valued in t today's society. The second leading value that society said that they wanted in a woman was empathy, nurturing, and kindness all grouped into one. I saw this comparison and I hope the people are I'm getting right. I think it was Sarah Palin and Hillary Clinton and how when Sarah Palin ran for something or other, she went very masculine side. I think I have that right. I might have them switch, but one was like a very masculine persona and one was more feminine but leader. And mm. the one that acted more feminine had more support because she quote unquote fit into her gender role. And like, this is how you're supposed to be. This is how society expects you to be. So if you're not like this, you're not gonna get the same support. Yep, literally, that's exactly what happens when you go against what is expected. Um, and another example is the workplace. Like we said before, if you're successful and stern, 
you're now kind of viewed as bitchy um, because you can't be stern and kind in the workplace. Which isn't true, by the way. Let's just put that Mm -hmm. out there. And then also, like in the Barbie monologue, when we vocalize mistreatment, it is viewed as complaining from most and even hormonal. Or it has to be justifiably bad. I had a workplace and there was somebody who told me that they had a crush on me. And it was very inappropriate. They are much younger than I am. They are minor. I'm an adult. And I said, essentially, that's illegal. No, I don't want to do that anyway. Mm -hmm. But you brought it into the workplace. And I told my boss, and I was like, I swear I'm not trying to start drama. This is the last thing that I want to do. And his response was so mature because he was like, if it happens again, let me know. I'll go to higher ups. Um, I know you're not trying to start drama. That's not who you are. That's not what you're doing. You did the right thing. Yeah. Thank you for trusting me. And I was like, that was exactly, I want to say the opposite of what I would expect from pretty much anybody, even women who are in higher positions, because it's very easy to try mm-hmm. to adopt that masculine persona and mm-hmm. say, oh, well, you just have to get over it. Yeah. This is what happens. It's life. Yep. He didn't do anything. But it was handled in a way that made it very safe in a way that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. And on that note, it's almost like resiliency is expected Mm -hmm. to get over it um, and move on. It's not really a big deal. Or that it's not bad enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think just existing as a woman in a male dominated space, I've found recently is incredibly interesting sociologically. But I also realized that, you know, working in a firehouse, working um, with all these men, because it is mostly men. There Mm -hmm. are, I think, four women total. There are more men whose names start with J (laughs) than there are women. Um, But I found that they'll put chainsaws in my hand and let me go into smoky buildings and let me cut apart a car. And it's not that they ignore the fact that I'm a woman. It's apparent. It's obvious. They Mm -hmm. know it. But it's that they see, oh, she's a woman. Okay. And just let me do it anyway. It's not like ignoring the fact that I'm a woman. It's the fact that they let me be a woman and still do all the crazy things, which Mm -hmm. I think is so important because it's not negating my identity. Now, will I... It's also interesting because if I try to wear pink there, it feels very awkward. And it's not that they make it feel awkward, but it's that internalized, oh, they're not going to take me seriously if I'm wearing pink. Mm -hmm. Trust me, I know it's ridiculous and I have worn pink there before, but it's, oh, are they going to see me differently now? Or if you try to show empathy, you know, we were talking about the political candidates and how when you were more feminine, it made people like you more. Mm -hmm. But in this space, it's almost like, you have to be able to get along with the guys. And again, it's not that they're bad, they're amazing, and I'm so thankful for this company. But it's, I'm realizing a lot of internalized things about myself yeah. that say, oh, I didn't realize that I would feel uncomfortable showing empathy in front of a bunch of men or wearing pink in front of a bunch of men. Yeah, you did mention um, politics, and that's like another male-dominated space. Mm-hmm. And I've heard a lot of... Um, things said to women in those spaces and like you said if you're more feminine you get more support 
on the other side of that, you may not be taken as seriously. Mm -hmm. You're viewed more as a support figure. Um, I recently went to elect her, mm -hmm. which was a nonpartisan training, and we had a Q&A discussion. And a lot of the women in politics said that they've heard things like they won't have time to care for their child. Mm -hmm. And that's what's expected of you if that's the field that you're going to choose. Mm -hmm. Like, why can't I be a leader and also be a mother, mm -hmm. you know? So what you're experiencing at your workplace, I think that's so great. And I wish to see that more in spaces like politics. Absolutely. And it was totally unexpected. I assumed that there would be more pushback. And mm -hmm. I'm so thankful for yeah. my station, my company. But there are also still people that it blows their mind when I say I'm a firefighter. And not in the like, yeah. oh my God, that's so cool way, but in the, we were at an open house and myself and one of the other two women there ended up serving the food. Now me, I make sense, because I'm a probie. But um, there were this couple that came over and they were asking, oh, how often do you volunteer here? Like, is it just a day thing? And I say like, no, we are firefighters. We try to go on calls, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if they didn't hear me because they said something else. And then the other woman I was with said, something like we're firefighters we work here and they were like oh my god you're firefighters like i didn't know if they let women work here <laughs> okay yep. yep they do just mm -hmm. saying do you think that that also plays a role on like younger women going into the field and choosing certain positions i think it definitely could because it was so outside the realm that it didn't even occur to them that yeah. we were firefighters it occurred to them that we volunteered to help with an open house and serve food yeah. Because it was such a female thing. Or I want to say female because I think we conflate those words a lot. Female and feminine and male and masculine are not the same thing. Female and male are your sex and your gender identity. Depends on how you want to look at yeah. that. But feminine and masculine are just how things are perceived. So if you're a woman and you are masculine, that does not negate your identity as a woman. Same thing as if you are a man and you are feminine. It does not negate your identity as a man. It just says, hey, you understand that there are multiple perspectives. So it's mm -hmm. not necessarily the fact that there are feminine and masculine viewed objects or hobbies. It's that the toxicity comes in when you can only focus on the one that supposedly is for females. Mm -hmm. Female is feminine. Male is masculine. Yes. I do like that because masculine cisgender female mm -hmm. like that's way more common rather than just the term tomboy mm -hmm. you know like now we're fitting more in there women can be more than mm -hmm. just what is expected or the stereotype of what a woman is and you don't have to be one or the other there are, i'm at the station i'm not wearing a dress at the station <laughs> but do i love a good like dress up day yes yeah. absolutely i was gonna say like i'm in the middle but like really like spectrum like it's not like no. you have to fit with one aesthetic all the time and one view all the time. Yeah. And it doesn't negate your identity either way if you're like, okay, I'm going to be masculine today. I'm going to be feminine today. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't mind getting messy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if I don't leave training with soot under my fingernails, I have failed training. Mm -hmm. I totally get that. Um, speaking more on social media, what is your view on social media for women? Oh and it, do you have any tips on it? I do not like social media. I have learned this because yes. I will delete it every summer and I will be so happy. It's an addiction. It is absolutely an addiction. But I think it's toxic for everybody. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's something that we can just say 
this is bad for women because it's bad for everybody. And we talk about the patriarchy a lot. And the patriarchy is bad for everybody because it tells men you can't cry because that's Mm -hmm. feminine, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, is not true. You are allowed Mm -hmm. to cry. Let me see your tears. (laughs) But I think there are also a certain amount of uh, privileges isn't the right word, but for lack of a better term, I'll say privileges dressing as a woman like wearing clothes because i mean i'm wearing pants right now nobody will blink at me okay they'll blink because you need to blink but you know (laughs) what i mean but if a man wears a skirt and he appears very masculine except for a skirt i was just talking with this somebody about this the other day and they were like i would love to wear a skirt if it wasn't like i was going to be looked at like an animal in the zoo yeah and so while yes there are so many things that we are put down for for being women i think one huge plus side is we can wear pants or skirts and nobody will look at us sideways yeah yeah um fashion for women is definitely completely different than it is for males um or men like something that i've seen a difference just on the um, men's side is like the nails mm-hmm. painting oh like my how God, I love it. it's it's way more accepted now which makes me so much happy so much happier um although fashion may be a little bit easier for women it's like we all need to look this way it's very true too um well we can wear pants we have to be skinny and beautiful mm -hmm. and fit but we can't say that we want to be skinny it was something like that that she said i feel like the pressure with this is more within women Mm -hmm. um that we we kind of put on ourselves um like in the Barbie monologue, like we have to be for women, we have to be for the sisterhood. Um, but we also fight against it by saying like you should look a certain way. Yeah. You know? And I think that also changes with your body image in your different spaces. So like I said, I'm a dance teacher and I'll go to dance and I'll feel, oh, I'm not skinny enough to be a ballerina. And then mm. in the same day, I'll go to the station and I'll be like, I am a stick. I yeah. need to go like work out because it just depends on what space you're in. But also mm-hmm. we were talking about like dressing as a woman and social media and you don't have to put up that certain image on social media either you don't have to use social media if you just delete it i promise you it will help in some way shape or form if you can but also in the fact that and we'll talk about this a little later as well so much of the world was designed by men for men yeah i and this is at no fault of my company it's a volunteer company but my gear does not fit right because it is made for men and men typically have very like straight hips and so I can get them Our over pelvic my- structure is yes. quite literally different. So I can get them over my hips, but my belt doesn't close tight enough. There's a huge amount of room at my waist, mm-hmm. and then my suspenders are too long, so they stay- sit low on my hips. And it just shows that these male-dominated careers are designed for men. Now, do I expect to be like, oh, I'm a woman, you have to go order me new gear? No, because yeah. gear is hella expensive. Excuse me. But, <laughs> um, I mean, they should. I mean, if it's if we are literally shaped differently, mm-hmm. like our bones are different. Yeah. Um, so if you are going to be in the field, why not have um, women and men gear? Mm. Well, this is just because it's a volunteer company. We don't get paid or have yeah. that much money. Yeah. Do you is it different at other locations? Do you know? Like, is there female gear at all? Is that a thing that exists? I think it started to become popular more recently. But I remember uh, the one other woman in my station was talking about how, like, 
her gear doesn't always like fit either. It's made for men. And I was like, thank you. I'm not crazy. Mm -hmm. I had to get myself new safety glasses because those just kept falling off my head. Yeah. Well, hopefully change will come for that. Yeah. <laughs> because we can't have you struggling out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my tip for social media would be um, be authentically you. And I know that sounds so cliche, but my thought process on it is if we all, like my favorite thing has become, I really do like the, um, what are they called? Like spam, like dumps, mm -hmm. like little dumps that people do. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that has even been such a change, um, with social media because now we're seeing little glimpse that it's not fully focused on you. Mm -hmm. Now we're getting used to posting things that it's not just us and our physical structure or the things that we have. Um, and I think if we show more of our authentic self, just laying in bed or something, you know, just getting used to posting more things, then everyone will be like, oh, she does that? Mm -hmm. Oh, they do that? Oh, okay, I didn't know that. You know, it creates more of a, oh, wow, they do that too. And that universality. Yeah, absolutely. And just shows people that you're not, this perfect thing. I don't want to yes. be perfect. Perfect is exhausting. It is. That's never something that I would want to. <laughs> and I don't know if any other women have felt this, but having imposter syndrome, yeah. I will always talk about, I'll say, oh, well, this wasn't that hard. And some people will tell me, you did this in, like insane thing. But it always feels like if I did it, it can't be that hard. Yeah. And I grew up being told, oh, you're going to change the world one day. So from the time I was like five, that was my expectation of life is that anything less than that is a failure. Again, we're not superwoman. We can't do everything. Yeah. I'll show a little bit of vulner vulnerability here with imposter syndrome. The past, like, I've been getting better. I'm going to not cry, guys. <laughs> but it really touches me because the past, like, two to three weeks, I've really been struggling with imposter syndrome. I'm a black woman. And for some reason in um, spaces, like, recently, I've just been feeling like I'm not smart enough. And like my whole life, I've put myself in positions and to get opportunities that like a lot of people in my community don't get. So I physically have to put myself out there to get opportunities and the same education as everybody else. Right. So the whole time I'm like, oh, since I've done that, like I'm good. But then recently I've like found like I'm in a room with someone and even though I feel like I've moved myself 10 steps forward, that person's still 10 steps ahead of me mm -hmm. because of the opportunities they've had. And I've been getting out of it. Something that's just been helping me is being grateful for where I'm at and acknowledging all the steps that I've taken to get here. And once I think about that, I'm like, okay. And even in the moments when I'm with someone where I feel like, the imposter, like I'm the wrong one, I'm not supposed to be here. I try to um, reframe the thought and think like, I can learn something here. Mm -hmm. And regardless of how I feel in this moment, after this I can take this back and keep it for myself. <laughs> so I don't know if that helps anybody out there, um, but that's been working for me. And it's a process, we're always going on have those feelings in those spaces, especially as women. Like, we are a marginalized group. We're always going to have that feeling where we're, we're not enough. Here's your reminder that you are. 
And there's a reason it's called imposter, because I look up to Taya so much. <laughs> Stop. Like, there was something I just told her the other week, because she says this phrase that I love, and I've adopted it, and I think everybody should adopt it. And instead of saying, how can I help you, or what can I do for you, she says, how can I support you? Yeah. And that's my favorite thing in the world, and I've been using it so much. <laughs> and I look up to Taya, and I'm like, I want to be like Taya when I grow up. Stop it. So you can see why it's so much of... It's not true yeah. that you do deserve to be in your spaces because you wouldn't be there if you didn't. And you deserve to feel proud of yourself because of your accomplishments. Yeah. Even though you're a woman, it's not like it's a detriment. It's you can be proud of your accomplishments and accept the fact that you're a woman, not negate the fact that you're a woman so you can accept them. Yeah. And when, as women, when we're taking on all of these things, sometimes... Um, we like take on more onto our plate. When people ask us things, it's hard to say no and things like that. So we do want to give um, a little time on talking about setting boundaries in different settings for women, like per your personal setting, emotional, uh, physical, even if, if you're a parent and you want to set boundaries with your kids um, in a professional setting. Um, we're going to talk about that. First, why is it important for women to set boundaries? You'll go crazy. I feel like as women, we're trying to prove ourselves so much and say, oh, look at everything I can do. Mm. And I'll have people tell me, I don't know how you do everything you do. Granted, my boundaries are not always the best, but it's always a work in progress. Yeah. But I'll tell them, you see the public stuff, but you don't see the parts where I lay in bed for three hours questioning everything and why am I doing it and how I'm such a fraud and that I just sound cool and I'm not actually cool. And I would be failing in my job as an activist if I didn't tell people that because mm -hmm. when they're in bed and they're saying, oh, I'm not like this person, comparison is the devil, y'all. And it's always that comparison against other people. Mm -hmm. We were just talking about this in my psych class with Dr. Mace, uh, totally calling him out because his class is amazing. He's a king. He's a king. <laughs> but he was talking about how comparison with others is what kind of drives you down. But mm -hmm. if you compare to yourself and your own progress, that's what's going to give you more satisfaction inside. You'll also achieve mastery, too. That's exactly like, what we did <laughs> yesterday in yes. class. You will also achieve mastery if you compare yourself to yourself. You comparing yourself to someone else, you may never achieve what they achieve. So you're, it's a never-ending run for yourself trying to achieve that. Um, but when you're comparing yourself, you always can because you're capable of it. So. And everybody's 100% is different. You can give 100% of yourself and not be able to do the same things other people do, mm -hmm. but that's not a bad thing. You can do different things. You can have different hobbies. You don't have yep. to prove yourself to people to love yourself. Yeah. And when we are setting these boundaries, we're respecting ourselves. Um, we're allowing ourselves to have more self-care. And we're doing this by clearly defining what is acceptable and unacceptable behaviors from others. And it's really easy to feel like you should let people push you around because mm -hmm. they're not going to like you otherwise. You're not kind otherwise. Kindness works to an extent. You can be kind, but somebody stepping over your boundaries is unkind. Yes. And so you don't always have to be the bigger person. And that's a really hard thing for me to get over because if I get angry at somebody, I'm an angry woman, I'm hormonal, I'm on my period, and then nobody takes you seriously again. You have one shot to mess it up, yeah. and you're done. But everything you do to prove kind of gets erased by then. So you have to be able to write it out if it helps. For me, it helps if I write it out and I say, this is my boundary. 
I don't change it. It's a rule. It's a written rule. It's my constitution. Mm-hmm. And it's Can you not- talk more about, sorry, Samantha, can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about rules and boundaries? Yeah. So I saw this video recently and I have multiple presentations that I give on boundaries, but mm-hmm. I saw it talk about the difference between a rule and a boundary. So a rule would pretty much be saying this makes me uncomfortable. So that's expressing my thoughts and feelings, but that's not a boundary. Boundary would be if you continue to do insert thing you've already communicated or told about the rule, then I will stop this conversation. I will stop interacting with you. Rules are about the other person's actions and saying what you're doing is making me uncomfortable. Now, Mm -hmm. you have to be able to communicate that to show them, hey, this isn't acceptable. If they do it again, then I think you can set the boundary. Mm -hmm. These aren't blatant rules. These are just my thoughts on it. So trying to make an example for this a rule can be if I'm in a relationship with someone and I feel they keep giving me tasks right Mm -hmm. and I want to set a boundary for the amount of tasks that like you know that I'm going to have on my plate for that I'm responsible for a rule would be don't tell me to do a chore Mm -hmm. (laughs) or something in the house after 9 Mm p.m. that's like just the rule but Setting the boundary would be if you do tell me to do something that is not my responsibility after 10 and then whatever you're comfortable with doing, like you could say, like, I'm not it won't get done or mm-hmm. I'm not sure how to set that proper boundary. Yeah, that's kind of right. Um, it is right, essentially. And communication, I think, is really important because if somebody has been asking you to do things and you haven't said, oh, this makes me uncomfortable, this, I can't do this, and mm-hmm. you keep doing them, and it's that people-pleasing thing, and then all of a sudden you switch it and say, hey, you need to stop doing this or I'm just going to walk away. It's very... Like, it's like a switch. pivot. Yes. <laughs> like, Whereas yeah. if you say, hey, this is bothering me, can you please not do this? And then if they continue to do it, you can say, okay, if you continue to do this, I'm going to remove myself. So rules are about okay. the other person's actions, boundaries about your own actions. And it doesn't just have to be boundaries with other people. I have a time mm. boundary. I don't check work stuff from 9 p.m. to 8 a.m. because I need to decompress. I need to not worry about it at some point. Yeah. And you can't always be on call. Yeah. It is exhausting always being on call. Oh, I know. <laughs> I missed the class being on call, mm-hmm. multiple classes. Mm-hmm. Um, some tips, though, that we have for setting boundaries could just be first, know your values. What is important to you? What's not going to fly? And what do you need to do to rest, too? Mm-hmm. Um, you can also practice self-awareness. So be mindful of your emotional needs, um, your reactions to different situations. How can you set a boundary to help yourself not feel super overwhelmed, have a mental breakdown in bed, things like that. Self-awareness, too, is also just recognizing when the boundaries are being violated Mm -hmm. so that you can reiterate or insert a new boundary. I think that's why writing it down is so important Mm -hmm. for me because it's like, this is my written rules for me. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like I can try to talk through it in my head and be like, oh, well, I guess. Did I say that? This one mm-hmm. time, because this one time always becomes more times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, communicate clearly, too. I think that plays into it. You mm-hmm. communicate clearly. They, You definitely said it, and they definitely know. Mm-hmm. And just be consistent. And you know, too, with yourself. That is true. Um, uphold your boundaries when they're challenged because they're not negotiable and you Mm -hmm. don't need other people's validation to your boundaries. If somebody says, oh, well, that's not fair. I don't like that. Okay, good for you. And I'm sorry that you don't like that, but 
this is what I need to do to stay sane. Yeah, I think, too, also being okay and coming to terms with whatever that person's reaction may be Mm -hmm. um, when you put that boundary into place, especially when it's something new that you're trying. You've already been in a pattern with someone and now you're trying to stop something that you don't really like. Change is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Getting into a new pattern is uncomfortable. So just be aware that that may be the case and try to come to terms with that, even if that's never talking to that person again. If Are you okay with that? You know. And there's different ways to do that, too. I was talking with somebody who works um, with the government in victim services, and I asked them, what do you do to maintain your boundaries in the workplace as a woman? Mm-hmm. And she told me that for her, she'll do more and take on more tasks at the beginning, but then slowly start to backtrack it. So they don't just stop giving you tasks. They don't trust you. They don't think you're capable. Because in the workplace, there's a lot like, don't be the last one in, first one to leave. Don't go by the clock. But at the same time, it is your time and your job. And so she'll backtrack it. But for me, I feel like that'd be difficult because I wouldn't want to backtrack it because there's already those patterns. Yeah. So it can be easier to set boundaries in new relationships, in new friendships, mm-hmm. in new just people in general yes. because they don't have any expectations of, mm-hmm. oh, well, I've done it before. It was a kid before. Why can't I do mm-hmm. it now? I completely agree with that. Learning to say no, too. (laughs) This can be difficult, but it's essential to not overwhelm yourself with tasks. Um, Something that you can do if this is really like, oh, I like struggle at saying no. You Mm -hmm. can practice saying no in low stake situations, practice saying no with people that you trust just to build your confidence up to those really high stake situations. Mm -hmm. You can also seek support from other people. You have your communities for a reason. And to be able to go to somebody and say, hey, I really trust you, which is why I have to set this boundary with you because I don't think you're going to flip out on me. And mm-hmm. I did that with somebody recently. And ever since, like, our dynamic has felt a lot more comfortable because I'm not always worried about X, Y, Z happening. Yep. And they handled it maturely. I handled it maturely. And it worked itself out and there's no animosity. There's no bad blood because we were able to communicate like an adult. And I even said, like, I'm just trying to be an adult here. Like, I'm not good at this. Yeah. But it's okay to not be good at it. It takes a lot of practice. I definitely would seeking support from someone like, I don't want to say who's like your cheerleader, but who truly is there to support you and put your interests first when you're coming to them to have that conversation as you're saying that tip, I'm just thinking about my best friend. Like that definitely would be the person I go to, to debrief (laughs) and talk about things and go over it with her because I know that she, she also knows my values and will keep that um, in her mind. And we talked about this before, like recognizing and addressing boundary violations. That's self-awareness. You should be aware of these. Mm -hmm. And just love yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a very cliche thing that you have to love yourself before anybody else can love you. That is total. Mm -hmm. I've heard like people need a reason um, to set a boundary to have alone time. Mm -hmm. Like you need a good reason why you wouldn't want to do something because you just want to have like Mm -hmm. a little bit of Mm self-care just by yourself. Yeah, your boundaries are not to make other people feel good Mm -hmm. they're to preserve your own sanity so there was a time when I had like an obligation from 1 30 to 3 and then I was out from 4 to 10 
and I had one hour to eat lunch and my boss asked if I could start working in that hour and I was like I'm so sorry I cannot I will not be able to eat all day yeah and my boss is amazing so they were okay with it but it's recognizing that you have to take care of yourself because if you don't it's so cliche but the oxygen mask guys Mm -hmm. you have to be able to take care of yourself because taking care of everybody else will burn you out in an instant yes so even if it's just you spending time by yourself you are under no obligation to have to give a reason why or defend yourself Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people say well i'm sorry i can't because and it's okay if that makes you feel better i know it makes me feel better but you're allowed to say, no, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Done. And leave it at that. Yes. No is a complete sentence. Yep. Yep. I think your boundaries will also look different in different settings mm-hmm. um, or even with different people. People will say, oh, well, you have a boundary about this, but it's you do the opposite. So it's not OK. But like, for instance, I'm a hugger. I love hugs. So if anybody ever needs a hug, I'm like absolutely 100 um, percent. But I have friends who are like. I'm okay with hugs sometimes. Just ask first. So they can come hug me whenever. They don't have to ask. They know that, my friends. But I have to ask them. And people will say, oh, that's hypocritical. No, it's not. We just have different boundaries. And that's okay. But Mm -hmm. also, my friends know that they can come and hug me anytime. But if a random stranger comes up and hugs me, it's a little bit weird. So it's different boundaries for different people in different places, uh, different ways that things are appropriate or not. And it can even be with the same person. Like, hey, you can, like call me by my nickname here but please don't do it in the workplace mm-hmm. and also texting it rather than doing it face to face is not a cop-out and I actually asked my friends this recently when I was um setting a boundary with somebody and in my head I'm like yeah it's a cop-out like you're not an adult if you can't do it in person like 50 years ago they didn't have text blah 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 mm-hmm. and my friend said look realistically is it going to get done if you don't text it mm-hmm. are you going to be able to defend yourself and explain your side if they come back with some defense and you do it in person. Right. And knowing me, no, I'm not going to be able to. I'm going to say, right, you're so right, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have said anything. Mm-hmm. And it's not a cop-out to be able to say, hey, this is bothering me, can we just text about it? Yeah. Because then you have I time to formulate agree. your answers, too. Yeah. And making sure, like, going back to just that communicating clearly. Mm-hmm. Like, if wherever you're saying it, face-to-face, text, however you want to do it, um, just make sure that it's very clear um, to the person. Because setting boundaries also helps you avoid animosity towards somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I always have this theory in my head, and I'm not always the best at it, but if you have a problem and you don't tell me, it's not my problem. And mm-hmm. I'll talk about something that bothers me, and then I won't tell the person, and they can't do anything about it. Yeah. I didn't talk to them about it. <laughs> yeah. It's only when I communicate it. And if they have a negative reaction, that is their responsibility because they are, for the most part, fully formed adults. Yeah, 100%. Um, Someone should be able to bring something to you and we should all practice bringing something up because how can it be fixed if it's not brought up? Mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, you don't have to keep everything in and you don't have to be every single person superwoman because even superwoman needs a break sometimes, guys. The Kutztown University Women's Center strives to create a campus culture that supports gender equity and inclusion. Through our cultural and educational resources, library and events, advocacy, prevention initiatives, and leadership opportunities, we are committed to fostering an environment that is safe, supportive, and empowering for all community members.